0: Hola Tom, hola Steve, tengan un excelente programa, ustedes
1: siempre me hacen reír, (ríe) están locos. everybody to masters of profundication i'm tom with them
2: i'm steve files
1: and we're back after a one week hiatus take that is... st- stupid sleep
2: yeah fuck you sleep <laughs> no for us that's amazing that's well lately that's we did yeah. what three Do we do three we had three episodes right three in a row three in a row one week off and we're back again so nobody has any room to complain
1: that's right don't expect miracles next week because I'm doing seven doubles. No, <laughs> six doubles in a row.
2: Oh, oh, well, if it's just six, then yeah, it's, it's just six. five.
1: It's seven overtimes, but
2: I'm oh, not looking forward to that. I think it should be fun. I think I think we should be doing podcasts while you're working. We could just do a little five minute increments.
1: I'm I'm down. I would absolutely do that if I thought I could <laughs> get away with it.
2: There's got to be a way. We should. T- <laughs> we, we could try it. Bring your microphone in. We'll sit down. Just do like five, ten minutes. Get up and do our thing. Like I'm doing a couple of overtimes. We could do it at the same time. Easy.
1: Well, we'd have to figure out how to do it from the same laptop because when we did the travel adventure episode, we were hooked up to the same laptop and it only recorded one of our microphones. So mean, We to... just
2: one microphone sit down. We both share a mic. Like then, I, then our faces somebody's... would have
1: to get in real close. It doesn't could have you, to be. <laughs> could you handle that? Could you handle could you handle our mouths sharing the same microphone? That's dirty.
2: I think I could, but I don't think the viewing or well, the, the listening audience speaking of viewing, look what I got. Oh my god. Oh god. See, you reach down, I'm like, okay, this is <laughs> It's like
1: that devour commercial where the guys
2: <laughs> not me.
1: He's just mixing his bowl of <laughs> <laughs> and she just looks at him with that shaking her head. Uh, food Mm-mm. porn. Well, we're into some amateur food porn now.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
3: Anybody <laughs>
1: listening that doesn't know what we're talking about, go uh, go to the YouTube's and look up Devour Super Bowl commercial and you will be enlightened.
2: See, I was enjoying that commercial until the end when they revealed that it was indeed Devour because I've been using those those meals. I have them. I'm like, "Oh, like that's it, As if I wasn't dirty enough and strange (laughs) enough anyways. Now the food choice of mine is pornographic. Why not? Everything else in my life is pornographic. Why not? Might as well. Yeah. Might as well. Whole hog.
1: So what's been going on in your neck of the woods?
2: I got my internet fixed. I found my long Ethernet cable and I plugged it in. So I think that should fix... Like already so far, there's no stuttering and freezing, which we would have had by now. So no robo voice, I hope. I think we're
1: good. However... I did have some internet glitches in the beginning. So if it cuts short, sorry folks, short episode. Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you get to find out about our food porn problem. So that's enough for you. Is that a problem? Is it a problem? It's a problem for society. No, eh, not for me. I think society will look at us unfavorably with our salacious,
1: salaciousness,
2: salacious slathering. So this is
1: good. I, uh, I wrote down a whole bunch of show notes. Um, and in, Proper Tom fashion—they're not in order, and some of them are for future shows. (laughs) (laughs) So it will just—we'll
2: sidebar that. I thought you were going to say you couldn't read them or you forgot them. No, wrote them down, but I already forgot what I wrote, and I can't read it. So
1: no, I've got some show notes.
2: I have websites. Good enough. Same thing. All right,
1: you want to dive right
2: into our subject of the week. We're just going right to it, man. No muss, no fuss. Well, what do you want to fuss and muss with? Ah, uh, I feel like we have to walk, talk about Star Wars for some reason and then piss everybody off. All right, let's muss. Let's muss. Okay, uh, Star Wars. It's you a mu-
1: You muss and I'll fuss. I'll uh, muss. Here is the Star Wars update. There is a Disney World property called Hollywood Studios that next December... Oh, this is in Florida... Of course, the California version is going to be opened in like June or July. The Florida version has to wait until December, but they are opening a new part of the park called Galaxy's Edge. And Mm -hmm. Galaxy's Edge is a totally, well, probably not totally, but it's an immersive experience where you're going to be able to walk into oh some dingy cantina, much Mm -hmm. like Mos Eisley they'll be it's a spaceport. I guess that's a, the best way to put it.
2: A den of scum and villainy. It's yes,
1: a-, a hive of scum and I, villainy. I
2: sorry. Oh, damn. Whew.
1: We'll just we'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah.
2: A hive of scum and villainy.
1: <laughs> um but they are including some books now, some young reader books that are going to include Galaxy's Edge into canon. And that's significant because you'll be able to go down to Disney World, go to Hollywood Studios, enter Galaxy's Edge, and become part of the Star Wars experience. The Star Wars galaxy. The Star Wars canon. Ugh,
2: that (laughs) sounds horrible. Why? They're entering it into canon. They're writing books about this theme park? No, okay. It's not a theme park in the book. Yeah, but they're taking the setting that the theme park Allows yes. you to go into and yes. putting it into a book. I okay, I, I get Star Wars has always been commercial. Like seriously, like George Lucas, one of the little trivia bits about George Lucas is was what was it? Like the studio, he told them you can keep the ticket sales, but I want the right to the merchandising. Yes. And the and the studio's like, Yeah, fine, because merchandising wasn't a thing then, and all of a sudden, boom, he made all his money on the merchandising. Yeah. So yeah, I get Star Wars has always been commercial, but this is... Well, it was either
1: this or Disney just makes another money-printing machine. I Like,
2: I how else are they going to print I, their own cash? Yeah, right. They have to have all the cash. You can't but, have it. I mean, okay, you tell me right now. You're a fan. You go to Disney World. Yep. I'm guessing you're going to go to this at some point, right? Yes. Yes. Would, yes. would you have decided, maybe I'm not going to go to this unless they make this into the Into canon, put into the books? Like, does that enhance it for you? Yes. Really?
1: I want to go to Star Wars. I want to go to Galaxy's Edge. I want to walk in there. They have a storyline that you can participate in. That uh, they're selling tickets to an experience where you... um, They give you, like, a mission... And throughout your stay, you have to complete the mission. And I don't know about you, but I'm like an eight-year-old child at heart. <laughs> so I want to fly the Millennium Falcon. I want. I don't care how goofy it is. By the way, put a pin in this for when we talk about my philosophical question. Just put a pin in. Okay. it. Okay. Anyway, like I want to go and do that. I want. I, I want to go wave around a lightsaber and act like a. You know. A rebel scum. I want to be an imperial trooper. I want to be...
2: No, yeah, I get that. That, And I'm with you. That would be cool. That would be cool. I just... The whole adding it into canon just seems... And maybe I'm just harping on a point for no reason because I'm an asshole. Okay. It's definitely because (laughs) I'm harping on a point for no reason because I'm an asshole. But I am an asshole. So it's just this whole... It just seems so nakedly mercantilist. Is like just...
1: To to answer your question... To answer your question, no, it does not matter to me whether it's canon or not. I I am not going there expecting to meet the real Luke Skywalker. I'm not going there to, you know, run it, bump into Han Solo. You know, those things would be neat. The fact that they've made it a young adult uh, book uh, or a young reader book tells me that they want, like, that, you know... 10 to 15 year old demographic to come down there and become part of star Wars. And if they can recognize, you know, uh, the hanging dice from the millennium Falcon, (laughs) like (laughs) nobody else did in the world. um, If, if they can point to significant events and be like, Oh, I remember that from the book or yeah, this is a character that I've been thinking about and bing, it's there. You know, parents are more likely to shell out, their hard-earned money.
2: Well, I just think that these kids are going to read about it in the book and then see it visually, and it's not going to compare. <laughs> yeah.
1: And we've segued into our topic.
2: Gotta have the segue. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So what, why don't we do that? Why don't we just go right into the subject of books and movies and books made of movies and movies made of books and there being a disconnect?
2: Yeah, all those factories where they shred the books up to make it into film. That's what you're talking about, right?
1: Yeah, they just toss them in a big bin. Yeah, sometimes
2: mix it in a vat and (laughs) squeeze it out. Poof. Um, Movie. Let me me pose
1: this to you. When you hear somebody say, oh, the book was way better than the movie, does that just tell you that that person wanted to let you know that they read the book?
2: Yes, and I (laughs) am that person. So yes and yes. Once again, I'm that asshole. I do that all the time. Like I have to. Like I feel like you're compelled. If anybody's talking about something and I have read the book, I'm going to be like, well, you know, <laughs> in the I'm not even necessarily gonna say the book is better than the movie, because sometimes it isn't, which we'll get to, I'm sure. But I do feel like I have to let people know um this thing that you're talking about that you're enjoying, I am also a part of this deeper than probably you are. <laughs> and that's well, the that's the dickish part of me. I say it in such a nice way and so helpful when I do it. But yes, it's like that's this thing. Like, Lord uh, Game of Thrones is a big one. Like, anybody that's listened to our podcast knows I'm every five sentences, if we're talking about that subject, well, in the books, it's this. And in the books, that happens. And in the books. Okay. And for me,
1: uh, some of that is setting the record straight because I I didn't read the books. I had Mm -hmm. intention on. Doing the books on tape until I heard the guy's voice, <laughs> and I just couldn't do it.
2: Uh, well, I can't s- listen to Rush,
1: so I'm I'm kind of stuck with watching the the show, which I like. I really like the show. However, I find the show is lacking in detail. It might give you a nugget in like, oh, there's this thing called Robert Rebellion. You're not going to know anything about it other than the fact that there was Robert Rebellion. Mm-hmm. When if you if you look at the books, like Robert's rebellion had was such a big deal. It like so much happened during Robert's rebellion that it's almost like criminal that they didn't include it in the TV show. However, I understand they couldn't have done, done it justice if they had just, you know, said, Oh, Robert's rebellion, gloss over, boom. I, I think that people are okay with that. But if you listen to podcasts and you listen to, you know, more information get more information go to youtube and watch people break it down that's that's another thing but i also am reliant on you to say oh no this is this way because of that and catelyn stark is actually a zombie and you know those types (laughs) of things like like i am hungry for that information so when you say actually in the books actually like my, my ears will perk up because I wanna know what the books say. I'm not gonna read the books myself. That's just not gonna happen. I right. I mean, the sheer backlog of books that I have to read as it is <laughs> just to <laughs> just to catch up on the things that I want is it's tremendous. So anyway, I like for Game of Thrones, maybe maybe there's a better example of like being the dick, but Game of Thrones I think is something that I I genuinely want to know more about.
2: Well, and I was being a little facetious too. I, I I genuinely try not to well, I genuinely try not to be an asshole in most respects of my life. I Bullshit. Uh, right, yeah. well to some people, but <laughs> but actually no. I, I when we're talking about the books or something like that, I, I I will add something if I genuinely think it's going to add to somebody's enjoyment, not just to be pedantic and be like, you know, this part but this way because of this and the books and that's just so much better because I'm in the, no- I'm actually going to compare and contrast because I think it might be interesting whether I am or not, whether it is or not is a completely different subject, but I try to be helpful with my anecdotes. Is what okay. I'm saying.
1: All right. Well, what I'm saying is that when I hear somebody say, Oh, the book was way better than the movie. All I'm hearing was I read a book once. Mm-hmm. So be it here now, Everybody listening to my voice, I want you to know, we all know that you read a book once. It's okay. <laughs> you don't have to say it. We're proud if, of you. If if a movie was made from a book, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that a lot of people have read the book. You don't have to say, oh, the book was better than the movie. Because we know 90% of the time... The book is better than the movie.
2: Yeah, don't say don't say the book is better than the movie and then walk away. That's never good. If you want to be, you know, a good person, <laughs> and you want to, and you want to let us know, there's a compromise. Say the book was different from the movie, and then very adroitly tell us why and how, and you know, add to our flavor and our understanding of it. Without, well, yeah,
1: and it, and it can be helpful if the book and movie are different. And I want to discuss those differences like ready player one. Yeah. The book is awesome. The movie is awesome. They are different. Mm-hmm. I, I love to sit and talk about those differences. Like yeah. that, that's some, that's a good time for me. I, I don't want to be the one initiating that conversation. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. That's like, mm-hmm, I read the book and, It's nowhere near the movie, and uh, if you haven't read the book, then you're a piece of trash.
2: Here's somebody talking about the movie, and they're like, tackle him, tie him to a chair. Listen, (laughs) motherfucker, you're going to hear about how the book's different.
1: Yeah. These are all the things that are different. Matter of fact. All that Dungeons
2: and Dragons shit they cut out, you're going to hear about all of it. Join, joust, motherfucker.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's half the problem, is I know the book was different, but I couldn't point out all the differences.
2: Yeah, then it just fades, because you only read it once. Yeah. Yeah
1: actually i uh, i posed this question at work i got a really good answer can you think of any movies that were made from books and the movies better than the book
2: see that's definitely something i want to talk about i found i found a whole list where oh. some people say
1: well but- i have i have one huge one i think should be at the top of the list what do you got fight club
2: that was on the list on on this yes now i never read the book i've read about the book but i have read the guy wrote a sequel and it actually was in a comic book form i think it's just called fight club two so nothing's fancy and it was almost unreadable
1: yeah the book was almost unreadable too yeah it it was just
2: all over the place
1: i feel like we've talked about that in this podcast
2: yeah, we, we, we talk about everything.
1: <laughs> well, We repeat
2: ourselves over and over. Again.
1: Anybody that hasn't uh, heard, I did read the Fight Club book. And it was <laughs> nowhere, near, <laughs> nowhere near as good as the movie. Uh, now, fact,
2: did you read it before or after you saw the movie?
1: I read it after I saw the movie. Okay, I saw the movie and was basically... There were a lot of questions I had that I thought might be covered in the book. Mm. And much to my surprise, reading the book was... A lot like, uh, I don't know, Uh, it's having a fever. (laughs) Yeah, totally and completely backwards, forwards. There's it skips all over the place. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going on. If you hadn't seen the movie yet, it might (laughs) it might be really (laughs) hard to read. It's not a it's not a great book. Um, Not to say that it's not a good story, but. Well, I I guess I think his writing style, he's intentionally. Yeah, vague about things and. It's just, it's not an easy read.
2: It's one of those artistic type of, you know, I'm going to say a story in a different way. And that's part of the story. You, I don't know. But this website that I was looking at said something about how, I guess the ending of the of the book is, you know, how he's sitting there with the explosive Project Mayhem, mm-hmm. set all those bombs in the the credit card companies or whatever it was. Yeah. I guess in the book, they don't go off. And that's a change they made in the movie was that they went off. And it just... It happens like all the things he wants to happen are happening. Even though it wasn't him, it was Tyler Durden and it was, you know, blah blah blah. But still fuck it. Here we are. We're changing the world. Right. And it's gonna happen. That's much better ending than I I think than the book would be where it's like, oh, it's not gonna work. And here we go. Yeah. I mean, the the second one, the comic book sequel starts off where he's married to Marla and they have a kid, and that's it. Like they're they're living this normal life. And then She's cheating on him with Tyler Durden.
1: Spoiler alert.
2: Yeah. Like she's basically doing things to make Tyler come out so she can have the better sex and the more exciting, blah, 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 and all that shit.
1: Well, that sounds about right.
2: Yeah. It's this whole
1: weird thing. Hit me with another book that's better than the movie. Or so I mean, my a movie, movie that's better than the book.
2: Movie that's better than the book. My example has always been, ever since I was 17, interview with a vampire. Ah, uh, yes. I liked the movie. The movie was fun. The movie was cool. It had the vampires did shit. Like they could go fast and they could fly and they could do all this weird crap. They were very if, stylish. Well, that's the books too. <laughs> but the book was so mind numbingly tedious. Oh my, I read it. I was, I remember distinctly I was sick, stayed home from school Well, I was going to boarding school. So I stayed in my dorm room from school, but whatever. Couldn't do anything, just sat there for a day. Somebody gave me this book. I'm like, well, okay, I've heard everything about it. Let's see. Read it. Hated it. Hated it. it. Now, this, I'm like you. I read, I saw the movie before I read the book. So maybe I expected more out of it or something. Mm -hmm. But fuck, did I hate this book? It was so boring. And the vampires were so effeminate. The way she does vampires, it's like their version of sex is the whole, you know, biting the neck and sucking the blood thing. Mm -hmm. So it was all. Like pseudo erotica, but not really, and it was like really gay. And as a seventeen-year-old kid, I'm like, I don't want to read that shit, and <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And I, it just, it just, it was just so bad. And it, it was just not any kind of action, any kind of like it didn't grab you, like in my mind's eye, it didn't evoke my imagination at all. So that might have been a symptom of me being a stupid teenager, but I would still venture to say that i would like the movie more today than the book even if i reread the book you know 23 years later i think i still think i would re like the movie more than the book
1: um i if i remember correctly the the sequel queen of the damned is the sequel mm-hmm. and that was terrible the
2: soundtrack was really cool
1: <laughs> yeah and maybe i just didn't i'm thinking it's kind of i feel the same thing that I just, just, It wasn't for me. It might have been great for somebody else. It just wasn't for me.
2: Nah, I mean, it was pretty forgettable. The, although the queen was, what was that girl's name? Aaliyah? She was looking pretty hot. So there's that. That's one reason why some very often the movie is better than the book because you can visualize... They get a the good actor in there, and they can visualize it, and you get the. Will like, oh, yeah. we'll
1: actually get into that? Do you want to get yeah. into that now?
2: Do you want to? Well, do you want to stick with the movie better than the book? Or do yeah, you move let's let's go. Or?
1: Let's. Hit me with one more movie that's better than the book.
2: Well, there's a big one here, and I think this might be controversial for some purists, but I just I just had this list. Don't say it. I don't think I'm going to say what you think I'm going to say.
1: Oh, what do you think I'm thinking? What do I think that you... I don't think...
2: I don't think you're thinking of this. I think.
1: But do you think that I think that you're thinking of that?
2: I think you don't think of this as I think of this. Okay. I thought. Then what is it? <laughs> what the fuck were we talking about? Uh... <laughs> you were going to (laughs) say
1: that was my answer tonight I absolutely feel like the movie is better than the books Lord of the Rings and I knew that was going to be controversial it's not the one I thought you were going to say but I did when I was 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 having this conversation with some people at work tonight and I brought up a very controversial topic that I think the Lord of the Rings movies are better than the books and
2: I bet whoever you were talking to was like what the fuck
1: no the people I was talking to were like eh didn't read it
2: oh okay (laughs) Well that's why I says controversial among purists because if you're a fantasy nerd, every yeah. like like myself and I, I am exactly the cookie cutter fantasy nerd. I started with Lord of the Rings. That's how I mm-hmm. started my sojourn into fantasy. Moved on to stuff like Terry Goodkind and the Dragonlance books. It's if you're a fantasy nerd, you know what I'm talking about. But you uh, Terry Brooks, that's what I meant to say. Fuck Terry Goodkind. Anyways, I'm sorry. That's a whole aside. <laughs> um fantasy nerds, you know what I'm talking about. But the Lord of the Rings, for what it is, I think I was talking to somebody about this recently. For what it is, you have to appreciate it. It is, it, it establishes everything you th- like that, that everybody's grabbed in front. Like Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons, perfected. wizards. Yeah, they took what Lord of the Rings orcs, did and, and enhanced it. Yeah, the orcs, the elves, the... Dwarves. Trolls, the dragons, the wizards, the dark lord, the... you know, Mountain all... pass. Snow. <laughs> lord of the Rings invented snow. All that <laughs> stuff. It, 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 you know, J.R. Tolkien made a genre. He created a genre and a language and a language. Yeah, Elvish was a full-blown. He was a linguist, and that's what he did. So you have to appreciate. You have to give him props. It's the and it's the books are good enough. Like you're reading it, and you're like, okay, this is cool. I like the ideas. I like the imagery. But it's only good. It's only really good. And I know I'm going to be fucking the pitchforks and the torches are coming out. But I will say it's only good if it's something you start with. It's not that good if you read a lot of fantasy and then go back to it. It'll hold a warm place in your heart if you read it as a kid. But if you, I I will say this, and I'll say this with confidence. If you read a lot of fantasy, you read the Game of Thrones, you read the Wheel of Time, you read, you read even something like Terry Pratchett, like just anything else that's like enhanced. And then you go back years later and you say, okay, I'm going to finally read the Lord of the Rings, and the Hobbit. You're going to be disappointed. The action, not that action. Action full. Mm -hmm. The magic, practically non-existent. And The the characterization, not that enhanced.
1: 90% less slow motion in the book.
2: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) those parts when you're reading the words and the spaces are like longer, yeah, they're kind of cool, but it doesn't seem the same thing.
1: (laughs) No, but there is a lot. There's a lot of slow motion in the movies.
2: I know, right? It's like almost Matrix-like. But the movies the movies do so much of a better job. They actually ramp up the action. You can see the monsters. You can, like, okay, perfect example. You can smell the orcs. You can smell the dwarf ball sack. The elvish taint. Mm, Well, that's my example, is in the movies, the Legolas and Gimli are actual characters. You get to know them. They have lines. They have personalities. In the books, they are complete window dressing they're just there to be there they do jack shit and they mean nothing and you don't give two shits about them even boromir was just a vehicle for demonstrating how the ring was corrupting he's not that much of a character not at all well his name was boring yeah there you go his brother is much more of a character but not him but in the movies he is because he's sean bean and everybody loves sean bean just wait for him to die it's the way it works. <laughs>
1: I like that. I like that Sean Bean is known for that. I'd <laughs> say long live Sean Bean, but no,
2: he does live in one movie.
1: Oh yeah, what movie? S-
2: Silent Hill. He lives in Silent Hill.
1: Oh, I never saw that.
2: You never saw Silent Hill? I'm surprised. No,
1: no. What year? Really is good.
2: God, it's got to be like 04, 05, something like that.
1: Oh, that could be one of those things that Ooh, the video game's better than the movie. Mm.
2: <laughs> Yeah, that's a new genre. Video games better the movie. That's yeah, but that's almost always the case. Movies made from video games almost universally suck ass. Yeah, Yeah. Silent Hill is good though. It was creepy and messed up. Like it's it's a good horror movie. It's worth watching. Cool. Um, but if you're interested, there is a lot more. Like Starship Troopers. I wanted to see what your opinion was. That
1: of Starship Troopers.
2: They say the movie is better than the book.
1: Okay, I have to say the book is better than the movie, and this is, I think we've talked about this before, I loved the book. It was actually handed to me by uh, one of my sergeants in the army. I said, you'd really like this, and I did really like it. Um, there were a lot of differences, a lot of similarities, but I think when I saw the movie, my expectations were too high. Mm. So when I actually saw it and some of the differences, some of the things that I had kind of envisioned in my head not happening, I was turned off. So I think now that I'm boy, it's been probably uh, it's been probably 20, been probably 25 years since I read the book. I bet I'm so far removed from it now that if I watched the movie again, I'd probably enjoy it a little bit better. I've, I've seen clips. I understand the references and I've seen clips of the movie. So I think it's, I think it's high time for me to try that out again. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Well, we talked about this before the whole Starship Troopers as a as a satire, as a a lampooning of the book of the ideas in the book. I, I never read the book, but so we don't need to get into that. But yeah, that's one of the reasons why they say starship troopers is better. It's because the guy took the ideas from the book, which were like pro fascism, pro something like, you know, stuff like that pro violence. And just the guy that made it is the same guy that made Robocop, which was a satire. So he made Starship starship troopers as a satire. And that's why, you know, as, as far as this goes, some people say the movie's better because it, almost makes fun of the book so yeah. if you're a big fan of the book it's kind of a slap in the face I yeah that might it.
1: that's i i buy that for a dollar
2: exactly hey Hey-o. good good tie-in <laughs>
1: well let's talk um, about
2: well i gotta talk about the big one.
1: Oh, hit me with the big one
2: shawshank redemption
1: andy dufresne in the mile of shit what what's the name of it actually it's not shawshank redemption it's called something else
2: I think what the fuck is it called? Shawshank Redemption, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Yes, that's what it
1: is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big long title.
2: And it was a short story from different seasons, but like I did read it, but I'm sorry. I I would be confident in saying that there's no chance it's as good as the movie is.
1: Yeah. I mean, Shawshank Redemption is a fantastic movie, just unbelievable.
2: Because it's Franklin Durban. Franklin Durban has a talent for taking Stephen King. Books and stories and making them into a, amazing movies. He's the one that did the mist. He's the one that did the Green Mile. He took these mediocre stories that Stephen King did and turned them into amazing fucking movies. hmm Oh, the and, Green
1: Mile's good too. Real good.
2: Yes, I love the Green Mile. The Mist is we've both talked about this one. The Mist is fucking amazing. It is. But of course it's no green it's no Shawshank. Shawshank is what are we wasn't that the winner? I, I want to say that's the winner. Yeah.
1: The Shawshank Redemption won in our pool of awesome movies. I think it... eh, I don't remember. I think it might have come down to Pulp Fiction or Shawshank Redemption. I think the Shawshank Redemption one.
2: I want to say it was the one, I'm pretty sure. And for a good reason, because the cream rises to the top. (laughs) And Andy Dufresne is all cream. I don't know what that means.
1: (laughs) Well, it means he's all cream.
2: That's right. No curd. No curd.
1: No way. Speaking of curds, so let's talk about the book being better than the movie. Okay. And adaptational attractiveness. Now you might be asking me <laughs> That's the
2: term you looked up, huh?
1: Adaptational attractiveness and <laughs> what it is. And I'll tell you the long version, I'm not going to go into the long version. I could read this. I might read this. I'm going to read, read it. Read
2: it. It's right not it. That
1: bad. <clears throat> so this comes from tvtropes.com. Adaptational attractiveness. You've just learned that your favorite book, The Life and Times of Alice and Bob, is being made into a movie. In the book, Alice is average-looking and slightly overweight, and Bob is a balding middle-aged guy. So why does it star Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt? (laughs) An adaptation and biopic trope, adaptational attractiveness is when someone who was originally fat, plain, or even downright ugly is played by a much more conveniently attractive actor, or in non-live action media is drawn or animated in a similar manner. This also applies to clothing. Characters whose attire is described as grotesque will become fashionably dressed. Although sometimes it's who can play the part best while finding actors who look like the way the actors are described could be problematic. Because let's face it, how many ugly actors and still fewer actresses are there? (laughs) So basically what it's saying is you're reading a book. For an example, Hermione Granger.
0: Yeah, I
2: saying, yeah.
1: In the Harry Potter novels. She is described in the book as to be incredibly plain. Um
2: kind of repulsive, like this a frizzy little hair, a buck frizzy
1: teeth. hair, buck teeth, just not attractive, just this goon of a little kid, right? And in I believe it's the fourth book, maybe Goblet of Fire, they have this ball where she gets like a super makeover and becomes mm-hmm. extremely attractive and well i i don't i don't know is extremely attractive but she she fixes herself up she dolls herself up and becomes attractive in so much a way that in the books they don't recognize her the main characters don't recognize her right she made that big of a change where in the movies you know there's yeah. really no ugly duckling into a swan kind of Moment, because the way they portray Hermione is this cute little child into you know a beautiful young lady.
2: I remember thinking that because I saw the movies before I read the books, I believe me, except maybe the last one. And I remember thinking when I saw that scene in the movie, like like especially Ron is like looking at it, like oh my gosh, she's beautiful, but thinking she looks exactly the same as she's always looked, but she's wearing a fancy dress. Right, that's it. Like there's no transformation moment. There's no like I remember distinctly going. Why is he all of a sudden waking out? She doesn't look any different. Right, she looks exactly like she's always. And that,
1: and you know, actors and actresses. Of course, you're going to get the most talented people you possibly can to play those parts. And there are, I suppose, uh, if we sat here and really thought about it, we could probably come up with some examples where the books did match the movies and vice versa. But isn't it also more than just actors isn't it also locations people you know people places and things you invest so much into mm-hmm. your imagination when you're reading a book that when you finally see it on the big screen it's just it's just not what was in your head and i can see where that is like a huge off um that just locations sets uh costumes just those types of things when they don't match what you've Im- imagined, you've wasted your time.
2: Yeah, well, okay. Uh, sticking, well, there's a couple points on that. Sticking with the Harry Potter as an example. One point I would say is one of the reasons the movies are so beloved by most people, especially, eve or even, or especially fans of the books, is that the realization of Hogwarts was actually done really well. Like yeah. the, the paintings and the, the moving, moving stairs. Yeah. Yes, all that, the hidden rooms and, that was actually done pretty well. and to, to, to see it on screen, to see, like, you can imagine all you want, but... Okay, so one point, and I don't want to delve too much into this because I think we're going to probably talk about it more later, but the imagination aspect is a definite disconnect between the book and the movie. Because, like you said, you imagine it one way and the movie portrays it another. Even if the movie will take all the descriptive language from the book and try to recreate it, that might not be what you have imagined for one reason or another. But... The Harry Potter movies did it well, but one thing I will say is the choice of actors can make a difference. Um, so Harry Potter, perfect example: the Dumbledore character. My brother was a salivating Harry Potter fan, and the original Dumbledore was, a, I think it was what the first two movies before yeah. the actor died. Mm-hmm. He seemed to fit the part perfectly, like kind of a bit of def- befuddled but kindly, gray-haired old man kind of slow but just he got there and he got the thing done he gave his advice and you know he made everybody feel better about themselves then they got this new guy to play him when the old guy died and he was kind of a dick right (laughs) like the new dumbledore was a bit of an irascible old asshole for the most part he wasn't this befuddled kindly old man he was like this harry potter what are you doing why is your name in the goblet of fire what the fuck are you fucking Hermione behind the shed? What's going on here? I'm gonna wob your willow, you know, shit like that. I'm pretty sure that was a line from the movie.
1: Yeah, I remember that. That was from the that was from book five, uh, Harry Potter in the um, Elvish tank. Se- yeah,
2: Harry Potter and the sex metaphor. It, <laughs> it was the lesser-known side project. Um, but yeah, so that and my brother was when they got the new guy in there, my brother's like, what the fuck is this? Like, I hate that, like, I was not nearly as so invested, but even I was like, yeah, this guy kind of sucks, and he was personally offended, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that yeah. they replaced, that, I mean, and they had to, because the guy died, I mean, I guess you could weaken that Bernie's it, which could have mm, been its own yeah. kind of awesome, now that I think about it, but.
1: Ooh, that would have been cool. Yeah. Well, you also have total and complete departures from mm-hmm. movies, like The Shining. Yeah, The Shining, the movie, and The Shining, the book, or, you know, not. 100% different but there Which is
2: it? That was one of the examples of the movie being better than the book.
1: Yeah, according to
2: a lot of people.
1: I would I would agree, but that's also right there with Ready Player 1 where it's it's just different. Yes, you know what they're I mean? Good,
2: it's a good in their own ways.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I love uh, The Shining the movie. That is one of my all-time favorite movies.
2: So there was this um episode of Friends where Joey is reading The Shining again and Rachel doesn't know what the big deal is or blah, blah, blah. That's a whole thing. But Rachel starts to read The Shining and she's getting scared. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know the ending of it for whatever reason because she's Rachel and she's dumb. And so Joey's talking to uh, one of somebody else about it and he doesn't want to reveal the end. So he goes, oh, and the part where all hmm and no hmm makes hmm a dull boy. Mm-hmm. You know, like this obvious. Yeah. And I remember watching this episode going, what the fuck? That wasn't in the book. That was only in the movie. That was not in the book. Yeah. And being angry at friends <laughs> for mixing the fucking book and the fucking movie together.
1: Yeah. How long did that anger last?
2: Well, it's been like
1: 15 years, so. <laughs> oh, and you're still angry.
2: It's still angry. <laughs> Steve's angry.
1: Well, you get the aluminum pole out. We can hear yeah. some grievances.
2: Time for some feats of strength.
1: So what else is with books and movies? What like What's our disconnect?
2: I have a list okay. of random internet people and their top reasons why the movie is better than the book. So I think the most obvious one, but reason number one, you know what the characters are actually thinking when you read the book in a yeah. way that you can't in the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Unless they were just walking around with an inner monologue all friggin' day.
2: Yeah. So, okay, this reminded me of something. I got into this argument with, like, I, I swear to God, every story it has involves my brother, but whatever. If he's listening, <laughs> congratulations, you've dominated my childhood. Thanks, Jared. All right. So I got in this argument years and years ago with my cousin and my brother, who both read Jurassic Park, you know, once again, after the movie came out, but still mm-hmm. they read Jurassic Park. And they said, if they were going to make the movie the same as the book, the movie would have had to have been like four hours long or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, no. Look, maybe the movie would have been a little bit longer, but you're not just because the book took that long to read doesn't mean it's going to be that big a movie because you have all this internal monologue. You have paragraphs and paragraphs describing what somebody's thinking, let alone the paragraphs and paragraphs describing what the setting is. You know right. what things look like. the That can be set up
1: care of in a twenty second shot. Yeah,
2: like just showing the jungle. Five seconds to get what's going on, whereas the book is like three pages worth that eats up time, so you're not always going to be extending the movie just because the book's long, right? So, if you remember that argument, Jared, I'm right and you're wrong, so you can suck it. (laughs) I win, yeah.
1: Start your own podcast,
2: yeah. Tell you, start your own podcast called Steve is an Idiot. (laughs) I bet you won't. That means I win, yeah. But, but yeah,
1: but if he had a whole bunch of subscribers and people listening. (laughs) <laughs> that would be embarrassing.
2: That would be. Embarrassing. But people that know me don't tend to know him so I would be okay. <laughs> but yeah, so internal monologues you can know the characters are thinking. That and that does help. Like you get more visual medium. You can if you are got kind of a master doing it, you can get a lot of, you know, personality and stuff. But actually having somebody spell out this is what my opinion is on this situation. There's no replacement for that. Right. Um Books allow you to get to know the characters better for that same reason. A lot of internal, a lot of just background knowledge. Uh, let's see. Books don't have to have, don't have to cram everything into a two hour time frame. You can actually take your time to leisurely set up things and explain things. And then one thing I was thinking, and going back to Game of Thrones, this is one thing that books can do that movies can't. Is they can have scenes where somebody's remembering something or just flashbacks in general or a history that can't be put into the movie so here's my example if you know game of thrones they've already revealed spoiler alert go fuck yourself (laughs) that Jon snow is the son of uh leanna stark and rhaegar targaryen
3: Mm -hmm.
2: blah 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 in the book a that has not been revealed yet so there's that but there's clues to that set out in flashbacks and weird dream sequences and brand going back in time and seeing things that happened. There's clues to that, that the movie could never illustrate at all. That would make any sense. Cause how do you have uh, a, a scene of people walking around doing the thing and, you know, living their life in the world of the game of Thrones and then just a random flashback that has, Oh, by the way, Here's Rhaegar talking to Lyanna about something. Oh, by the way, here's Ned Stark praying to the old gods about how he hopes his kids will uh, be nice to this other kid. You know, shit like that. It's, well, th- It doesn't work narratively, so you can't and, have
1: it. And movies and books to some degree, I suppose. But movies that trick you into thinking that you're watching something in the present, however, it's a flashback, that's offensive. Or dream sequence. I'm pretty sure that we're. I I, we've talked about it. Dream sequences that are played off as if this is really happening. Surprise! It was a dream. It's offensive.
2: Yes, I hate that more than I hate Hitler. But (laughs) (laughs) okay, that's fraught territory. I'm not going to go there. Yeah, let's just. Why does it always (laughs) have to be Hitler? Why it's got to be Hitler? But uh, but the uh, playing it off like it's present when it was actually the past can be useful. You know what I'm talking about? Westworld.
1: Oh, true. But the thing about that is, they offer clues that if you're in the know, like one of the things that it's not necessarily the best example, but I think I'll get my point across is when they filmed The Matrix, Mm -hmm. when they were in The Matrix, everything was filmed through a blue lens, everything had a blue tint. When they were outside The Matrix, everything had a green tint. So, as a viewer, if you were hip to that, you knew. Are they in the Matrix or are they outside the Matrix? And for the most part, it really wasn't that big of a shocker. It wasn't a big surprise. There weren't scenes that where that was right, right. used. Which like in, kind of
2: might have been a shame. They could have actually used that to good effect.
1: Right. But what I'm saying is, if you want to give me a dream sequence, don't trick me into thinking that this is something that's happening right now. Give me a clue. Give me... Like, Westworld does it where they will show things in the scene, the scenery, that you're supposed to pick up on. Now, right? spoiler alert. The logo alert.
2: in the background, you know. Yeah. Spoiler
1: alert. Anybody watching that wants to watch Westworld, sorry, we're spoiling it. This is your opportunity to fast forward 30 seconds.
2: Uh, let's see here. We're already how many months past the end of the second season? Seriously, go fuck yourself. Okay. We're not going to hold your hand. I am so sick of this world and its <laughs> spoiler alerts. Like, fuck you. If you you can't... gosh, I hate you. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: Okay, now everybody's going to have to fast <laughs> forward another 30 <laughs> seconds past the tirade. If you're just now getting to this point... Oh, I hate have you as it. a
2: person yeah. if you haven't watched what I watch in a timely manner.
1: <laughs> in Westworld, they they give you clues in the scenery, such as the Westworld logo. Sometimes they'll show it to you in the old format, sometimes in the new format. Sometimes they'll show you buildings that have crumbled in the background. Uh, they're, they're, they... The logo change. Yes, that's a big one. They give you clues to when you're watching a certain time period. That's acceptable. If you don't give me something, even if I'm not supposed to get it on the first run, I, I'm okay with that. Give me something to let me know that this is, I'm being attacked.
2: Every time your dog goes on camera, I want to pet him.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> dogs have that. Dogs have that. All dogs are Ooh, therapy dogs. Just some, I know. Some are freelancing. Therapy you ever dogs. meet
2: somebody that doesn't like dogs?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, There's especially this breed.
2: Kind of, there's always something wrong with them you know
1: well like a
2: person uh, that doesn't like
1: dogs at all there's
2: there's just a little off I don't know yeah
1: there's something not right but sorry anyways that's all right he's he's actually showing me symptoms that he's gonna have or something he's looking around like I'm a big old dumb goof Uh-oh. anyway flashbacks movies <laughs> books <laughs> come on dude what's going on here
2: he wants to be part of it
1: he is he's part of the podcast now i got
2: your face i got your face
1: oh here he comes and (laughs) hey what's up buddy
2: (laughs) yeah i was just kidding before but he really does want to be part of it holy shit
1: he is now he's gonna light on me (sighs) (laughs) there you go pal you can be in the podcast say hi there he is rut row raggy all right now that i got my best bud here with me anybody that's trying to envision what's going on here i'm sinking slowly into a beanbag chair and my dog has decided that he wants to be in my pocket mm-hmm. and has got into my pocket
2: but looks off in the distance profoundly like he's yes contemplating he's contemplating life
1: well i doubt he's contemplating life he's probably contemplating when he's gonna have food next
2: that's but, life food is life especially yeah. when
1: you don't have any balls he doesn't have any balls so they were taken away What do you think about that? I'm going to interview my dog. Hold on. Sarek, what do you think about having your balls chopped off? No comment. Uh, What's your favorite part of the day?
0: Balls.
1: (laughs) Sniffing balls. (laughs) Eating snow. Eating. That's his favorite thing right now. He loves having snow on the ground because he can just go outside and take a big mouthful of snow and pretend to eat it. And he's like, this is food. If I trick my brain into thinking this is food, this is food.
2: Yummy. Uh so okay. okay. Back so, to the books. Back to the reasons why books are better than movies. There's two here that are stupid, but they're on the list. Okay. Books are portable. Uh, okay. Who cares? I mean, we're talking about content, but I just felt like I had to say it because somebody had racked their brain going, Why are books better than movies? Uh I could take it around with me to the beach. <laughs> Which is not even true anymore with tablets and phones.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, movies are just as portable now.
2: And then it also says books are cheaper, which spoken by somebody who doesn't torrent or <laughs> <laughs> the, one of the thousand other ways you can do to get free movies. <laughs> or books. Or books, which better not happen because I might be on the cusp of actually getting published and I don't want people to steal from me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's your intellectual property.
2: It's goddamn right. It's my, it's my livelihood.
1: How else are you going to feed all your children?
2: All my children. With one life to live.
1: Well, these are the days of our lives.
2: As the sun also sets.
1: That guiding light.
2: As long as I don't end up in the general hospital, I, I'll be okay. <laughs>
1: so um, I, I feel like the dog has got me completely befuddled here. What are we talking about again? <laughs>
2: books. Don't chew me. So there's this other one that I found that people just kind of put in their two cents about, well, why are movies better than the books? And some people got some stupid ideas here. Uh, Books improve your vocabulary, which is true enough, but for content, I don't like, why am I comparing books and movies in that respect? Like, vocabulary, like as far as entertainment goes, I don't care about improving my vocabulary. If I would care about anything, it'd be improving my cognitive ability, I guess. Like, if a book made me think more than the movie version of it, then that would be a mark on the plus side for the book column. Mm. But just because I learned the word indefatigable from a book and I didn't learn it from a movie, which, by the way, is an awesome word. Indefatigable. Yeah, but
1: movies have boobs sometimes. So indefatigable that.
2: Indefatigable on the book side, boobies on the movie side.
1: But when you you can also imagine boobies. It's it's not the same. Okay, put a pin in that. Put a (laughs) pin in it for my philosophical question. (laughs) Just put a pin in yes there.
2: I, I like it already <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes you're stealing the show you butthole look at uh, it
2: one point he's expected he's waiting to say something yes
1: he has an idea and it just came out his butt
2: <laughs> which is his review of a movie that was made from a book uh one point is that reading a story makes it stay in your head longer which I don't know. There might be something to that, but there might not be. What do you think? Does reading a story, reading a book make <sighs> it stay with you longer than seeing it as a movie?
1: Well, I don't I don't know about that. I know when you're developing your brain, like for kids, it's very important for them to read cuz mm-hmm. it unlocks a part of their brain that, you know, when you're in that learning phase, the left part or the, the right, right part?
2: The 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 south part.
1: The Austral part?
2: yeah, <laughs> Yes. Callback. I like
1: it. Hey Uh Yeah, I, I think that, like, if you enjoy a movie, I mean, what's better than quoting movies all day long, being insufferable to people that don't right. care about your quotes, people that don't care about your Monty Python and the Holy Grail quotes <laughs> all day, every day?
2: Yes, if I walk up to somebody and say, uh, "Surely you're not serious, and they turn around and say... I am serious and don't call me Shirley. God damn it. You're my friend for life. So <laughs> you can't tell me that a movie doesn't stick with you just as long as a book does.
1: Right. So eh, maybe, I mean, if, if there's a book that you're really like, God, I don't know. The stand is my favorite book of all time. And again, it's kind of like Seinfeld. The, the longer I go without reading it again, it's slipping.
2: Yeah. It's cool. It's kind of like everything. That's a sad thing. Yeah. Like, you got to, you got to, repartake in something again just to like I've had the thought recently like I want speaking of what I just said I want to watch all the Naked Gun movies again I have to because I'm starting to lose it now somebody right now is screaming at the fucking radio saying you just you didn't quote the Naked naked Gun I quoted Leslie Nielsen and that's the same thing so (laughs) airplane, Naked Gun whatever I want to watch all the Naked Gun movies again because they're starting to slip like we just we talked about not long ago about the scene from *The Naked Gun* with the sex shop, yeah, and the Swedish suck bastard, three thousand like or something. We didn't know which was which, and like that kills me. And I need to watch it again.
1: Well, that's the thing about movies is you can you can quickly rewatch a movie mm-hmm. versus sitting and reading a, a book again.
2: Yes, and there's been books I liked that there was certain passages I really liked. Try leafing, get your paper back out and leafing through it to to find that one fucking scene you want to watch again. It's not easy. Well, that's
1: the good thing about Kindle is you can highlight certain things and like my Kindle will tell me a section that's been highlighted by other people.
2: Oh yeah, like 732 people like this section. You know, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So that, that makes things a little bit easier but, you know, that's digital. That's everything's easier when it's digital.
2: So that actually brings me to something. I had a a very recent example on this topic, which is I I like that you came up with it because it's right right here right now for me. So like I've Van Halen about...
1: right here right now.
2: Right here, right now. Hey, it's your <laughs> uh, Okay, so we've I've talked about before, but the Expanse, the book series. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they have a TV show on Sci-Fi. So I read all the books that are out so far. There's another one coming out next month. I'm not sure if that's the last one, but whatever. Read all the books. I did that on purpose because I knew I wanted to watch the TV show. So got done with all the books. Love the books. Like really best book series I've read in a long time. Watch the TV show. And I'll be damned if the TV show isn't in a lot of ways better than the books. Really? A, the visuals. You can read about a space battle, all that shit. Because Expanse is real quick and dirty. It's humanity Colonize the solar system. There's a fight between, there's like a tension between Earth, Mars, and all these other space stations out in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. Politics, blah, 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 blah. So there's all these fights between these different factions. And reading about it's cool. The books are really hard sci fi. You read about what it's like to actually have a battle in space, like close quarter combat in space would be like 10,000 miles away. But seeing it, in a TV show, is uh, it's cool. Uh, who wouldn't want to see a space fight as opposed to try to imagine in your right. head?
1: Well, and, and that's where we are right now is in the TV show, you're seeing it through the lens of, you know, somebody else's imagination. In the book, you see it through your own imagination.
2: Yeah, and I can try my best to imagine it. And I think I do a pretty good job, but I can't, you know, it's just not the same. I, I can't put all those parts together in my head in the way that I can see it on screen. Plus, weirdly enough, and I think this might happen in a lot of sci-fi type of material, is this is hard sci-fi, which, real quick, the difference between hard sci-fi and space opera, hard sci-fi is something like Star Trek, where they try to explain the minutia of it. This is why this technology works. This is why you can do this. This is the physical limitations on this whereas space opera is star wars fuck it we're in space and we're wizards we're blasting each other with lightning and we're chopping each other with laser swords and we're doing kessel runs and it doesn't make any goddamn sense and it doesn't have to that's space opera it's just fantasy it might as well be dragons in space for all the sense it makes but it's still cool for its own thing this book is hard sci-fi which takes up a lot of the time as you're reading there's describe the physics behind why they can do this and that and the other. The TV show just does it, which leaves more room for characterization. One of the things about these books was the characters, there's a main character named Jim Holden. All the side characters are just there to prop them up in the books. Like they're not really characters. You don't get much into their background until like the fifth book. And you don't, they're just kind of there to get the story moving. In the TV show, there's drama. You know, There's this character named Amos who is a psychopath who loves just beat the shit out of people. He doesn't see why he can't just beat the shit out of people, but he kind of understands why it's not right. So he's trying to figure out how to get along in society, even though he just wants to kill people. You know, he's a good guy. He's one of the main characters. He's part of the crew and he just wants to, he's like, yeah, I I just need to shoot this guy in the face. And (laughs) so the people, these other people are like, no, 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 we can talk to him first. No, we can work this out. Oh, okay. I guess I'll follow your lead. Like he doesn't, he's trying to understand why people feel the thing they feel. Like he's a psychopath, but doesn't want to be. And he's like, and that's so much more fleshed out in the TV show than it is in the book.
1: And you can relate with a guy like that.
2: Yes. And he's a very (laughs) compelling character. Okay. I know what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah. Okay. It's for everybody listening is doesn't care about because they haven't read or saw, saw the TV show. I guarantee you. But that illustrates why a TV show or a movie can be better than the book, because it could take the point of the book, say, OK, yeah, you, I see what you did there, but I'm going to go another way mm-hmm. and take the grain of what you have and enhance it. And the drama and the angst and the fucking sexual tension is so much more ramped up in the book than it is in the, or in the TV show than it is in the book. Right, and they
1: can do that with the fleshing out of characters.
2: Right, and not for nothing, but the hot chick that gets railed, I can see some side boob, and I can see some ass. It's sci-fi, so they're (laughs) not going to be full nudity, but she's hot, and I can see some side boob. So, thank you.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Expanse. Thanks -hmm. for the side boob. Thanks for the soft core.
2: Oh, as an aside, apparently times they are a-changing because this was a sci-fi show. F-bombs. Oh, yeah. They could say a certain amount of fucks now. They for years now they could say shit. Finally now they could say fuck. Who uh, knows? We're
1: almost there, bro.
2: There was even one character that said motherfucker, and I <clears throat> couldn't believe it. I could not believe it
1: because censorship is the
2: devil. Goddamn right.
1: Well then, I feel like we could talk about this for another hour.
2: Yeah, there's more and more reasons. Uh... Oh, one last thing, and one thing I I had to give props to book better than the movie. The book is absolutely the vision of the author. There's no argument about it. Yeah. So if you appreciate the author, if you're a fan of the author, then the book's going to be better than the movie.
1: Are you one of those people that enjoys the smell of a book?
2: <laughs> Actually, yes. There's a reason why I still buy hardbacks. Like if I have a choice, I'll buy a hardback more than a soft, like a paperback. Yeah. Some stuff I get on Kindle. If I get a physical copy, I want to get a hardback for a reason. And I like the feel of it, the heft of it, the holding it and cracking it, like the actual crackling of it. Right. opening the book, and
1: and it's bigger. So if you're carrying it around, people know you're reading a book.
2: Goddamn right! I know we talked about this before, <laughs> but I like—I'm serious about this book. Here, see what I'm reading. Ask yeah. <laughs> me about this. Talk to me, a stranger. Me a conversation. I'm going to debate you on the merits of this book.
1: Did you notice I'm reading a book right now?
2: Yes, I'm, I am deep and profound. You want to get to know me.
1: <laughs> How to make friends.
2: <laughs> At an airport.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I think that it's safe to say that the book is 99%. Or it's probably better than the movie most of the time. Let's just say that.
2: I Yes, I would say that. But I feel like after talking, there's a lot to be said about very often. You can find so many examples of where the movie or the TV show is better than yeah I like, of maybe course. more than I thought of before we started doing this topic. Uh
1: well I
2: feel like I've grown as a person. Ew. I oh you right know-
0: now <laughs> oh yeah side move yes <laughs>
1: all right well because I can feel my eyelids drooping let's let's move along to some philosophy.
2: Some philosophy. Falafel. You're gonna have to if you have a serious philosophy, I, you're gonna have to go first because I have another frivolous one. <laughs> I'm okay. not
1: gonna lie. All right. I got I got a good one. <clears throat> and I don't even know if it's gonna generate much conversation. Okay. But I've had some debates in my own head recently about it. Were you masterful? Oh, I was masterful. King of the castle. Master um, debater. Well, that's a good segue into it. I think that in a lot of cases. Living in a fantasy world is better than reality.
2: So agree or disagree, is that what you're saying?
1: As a point of discussion. Okay. For example, let me just let me just give you where I'm coming from. I have a fantasy <laughs> that, I, that I daydream about, not constantly, but I have a fantasy that, you know, I normally I have an, a reel of eighties movies running in my head most of the time. <laughs> that's what I'm that's what I'm daydreaming about most of the time. But I sometimes have this fantasy that I I don't really talk about that often. I don't think people know this about me and I don't really make it known or public, but I would love to have my pilot's license. So uh-huh. sometimes I catch myself daydreaming about flying planes, you know, different types of planes. <laughs> um like uh not necessarily like jet like fighter jet stuff, but just <laughs> just being on the runway, being in the cockpit, talking to the tower, taking off, you know, flying around, maybe going from point A to point B, landing, those types of things. Now, that... Okay,
2: well, let me say this. You said 80s movies and you talk about being a pilot. I feel like you get pretty close if you just take your shirt off and play some volleyball.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I'd, I'd have to get a partner to do that. That's true. Gotta get a goose. Yeah. But here's my
1: contention. My contention is that the fact that I've never attempted to get my pilot's license, I just fantasize about it, is probably better than actually doing it. I... And here's my rationale. Okay. The... I, I Without the better terms, I'd say, intellectually, I get my jollies by thinking about it. I don't need to actually do it. If I were to do it, A, it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. B... I'd have to go through the ass ache of getting a pilot's license (laughs) and I would have to somehow either rent time with a plane or buy my own plane. And then I'd have to put my plane somewhere. Then I'd have to take the time to fly this fucking plane. And like all of a sudden this fantasy about owning and flying a plane turns into a goddamn nightmare because I have to get some sort of stupid ass certification. I got to fly around with a, teacher for a period of time i i have to like do maintenance on this fucking plane i've got to go through all the logs i've got to it's just it's a total and complete ass ache Mm -hmm. okay i'm better off just pretending in my head that i'm flying around in a plane and just being happy that way
2: see i don't know whether i can agree or disagree to that because i see where you're coming from like Everything has a price, everything in life, no matter who, what, where, when, everything has a price, whether it's small or big, it's always a price. So the price for being a pilot is all those things you said, all the time, the time sink, like time is money. So not just the money you pay to get the license, but the time you take, especially for you, who's a whore, (laughs) (laughs) that's time you're not working. (laughs) Right. So
1: I, okay. So I'll, I'll take this. I'll expand upon what I'm I'm talking about what uh senses do you need to fulfill in order to turn whatever fantasy you're having into an acceptable concession that this is as close as I've I've as I'm ever going to get to something like this say your fantasy is hitting a home run in the world series mm-hmm. as a baseball player you, that's not going to happen sorry right. but if that's your fantasy What senses, like, do you have to put on VR goggles and play a video game? Do you have to feel the bat in your hand? Do you have to, you know, smell the ballpark and the leather of the glove? Like, what senses to fulfill your fantasies if it's baseball or whether it's getting a promotion at work or whether it's being vindicated in an argument or... Beaten the hell out of somebody that's done you wrong, like (laughs) okay, but this is what I'm saying. Like, no, if if I'm angry with somebody and like I think Dexter touches on this in the TV show where he has these fantasies that he's murdering people or something like that. Like, you know, just murders them. Well, I mean, no, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, somebody that does me wrong and I want to pulverize them or shoot them or something like that. Like, where where's the line drawn on fantasy versus reality that i can be satisfied that, that something is taking place in my favor whether it's any of those things
2: so okay well like your example about the batting the grand slam in the world series or something like that i'm not a baseball fan personally like but i feel like if if you, if somebody was they could probably and one of the reasons why they continue to be a baseball fan for example would be they could sit down watch a game, hear the noises of, you know, the the announcers, the crowd, the players. They could hold their Louisville slugger in their hands and they could close their eyes. They could, with just that much sensory input, really just enjoyably imagine themselves there, you know. But if you're somebody, so like what you said really rang home because where we work, we have to deal with some less than savory characters. Mm-hmm let's just say. So we have to deal with some flaming assholes more accurately. <laughs> I have had the fan, like I kind of had this discussion with somebody recently where how far would you go in real life? If you could give you, if you could get be given a blank check, you could take that person that just pissed you off the most that just offended every sense you had, including the sense of smell. I don't care. <laughs> just <laughs> Okay, let's just say some
1: flat-brimmed-wearing motherfucker. Yeah, some, flat-brimmed somebody who, wearing.
2: if we were allowed to put hats in the jail, they would take them and they would not curve the brim. So, Ugh. the worst. So, let's say, uh, like, how far would you go? If you were given a blank check, would you actually physically wail on them with your fist? Would you choke them out? Would you kill them? And I'm like, I, you know, probably not. I don't think I'm that... Person, even the person that the people that piss me off the most push comes to shove. I'm probably not going to murder them, even if there's no consequence. But in my head, the fantasies are so enjoyable. Okay, just in, so just in, like in, I have these whole scenarios built up where they just do this one thing that's so messed up and so wrong that I could jump in there and I use my overwhelming physical prowess <laughs> to, to beat the shit out of them and. Teach them that you cannot just do what you want and get away with it. And there are consequences. (laughs) I'm not making
1: photocopies (laughs) for you. (laughs) That's almost literally exactly right. (laughs) You're beating them with a baseball bat. Make your photocopies. You cannot take advantage of me this way. You are not
0: entitled to photocopies! Who do you think you are? You can't get away with
2: this. You have to follow the same rules as everybody else. (laughs) I uh, I love that you knew exactly what I was talking about. All right. Well,
1: I guess my point is, like, with all the complications (laughs) that come with all the things...
2: I want to murder somebody about photocopies.
1: (laughs) But what... I, I just feel like living in a fantasy world is you can live in your own mind, uncensored, doing what you want to do. And at what point does that become just as good as the reality that you're living? Because, I, like, without a doubt, I'm living a great life. I, you know, I have a, I'm married to a woman I love. I have, I have four awesome kids. Uh, you know, I'm set up financially in a position where like we're in a really good spot and I own my car. I don't have, you know, payments. I'm debt-free. Uh, you know, I've, my, my team, my favorite team won the Super Uh, you know, like just all this stuff is going real good for me, but
2: part of one of the premier podcasts on iTunes. I mean, I, I
1: am, I'm like, we're, we have thousands of listeners (laughs)
2: there are dozens of us There
1: are dozens of us but i i also fantasize about flying a plane what's stopping me from doing that oh i'll tell you what's stopping me the ass ache (laughs) so i can still go in my head and fly a plane right okay um
2: well okay I, i was gonna say this you what you said made me think this and i'm very you know i'm gonna i'm very profound i'm going to say something very profound
1: well, we are profundicators.
2: That we're the masters. So prepare yourself. Um, anybody that doesn't have a fantasy that is unfulfilled is not a human being. I would agree. You every person listening, every person on this pan on this planet has at least one fantasy unfulfilled. So you could take somebody like I don't know, fucking Elon Musk or whatever, who has all the money in the world, can do what they want. You know they're starting all these different ventures, all these different programs and experiments, and whatever. What do you have? You like something like that? Literally, could say you know for him saying, "Oh, I want to get my pilot's license." Means I'm going to get my pilot's license. Right. He still has a fantasy that he cannot realize. Guaranteed.
1: Maybe his fantasy is catching the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. No, no amount of money is going to get him there to do that.
2: Yeah, it could be dating the hottest actress in Hollywood. Just, it could be something profound, something noble. Or something maybe something, it doesn't maybe something
1: more tragic than that. And he had like a high school sweetheart that he never, that he was in love with, that he never got a chance to be with. You know what I mean? Like,
2: sure. Yeah. Something, something he, a regret, a, a, just something he sits down in a quiet moment and says, man, wouldn't that be awesome if, whatever, you know? Right, Like everybody, if you don't have, if you stop dreaming, if you stop thinking about, even if you know it's never going to happen, just stop thinking, man, wouldn't it be great if you did this? Congratulations. You might as well put a gun in your mouth because you stopped being human. <laughs>
1: we do not support anybody committing suicide on this podcast.
2: <laughs> we support dreams, not suicide. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I guess the the point I'm trying to make is that it is just as good to live in that fantasy world as it is like i get to come home at night and sleep in a bed next to my wife and it's warm and <laughs> that, that's what i'm saying is
2: having a warm wife is a plus yes
1: right but like if i didn't come home and crawl into that warm bed like what sensory thing do i need to fulfill that thing that i want you know what i mean like i like i've got that so I feel
2: like you're asking me personally, like, what do you do when you crawl into bed? Like, what
1: I have this what, pillow. What lotion? Do you, what lotion?
2: Do you... <laughs> Look, vinyl it, blow-up Are dolls you like a Lubriderm guy or like a Jergen?
1: <laughs> no, I'm not saying that specifically. I'm just Look, saying that. Let's
2: just say, if
1: sensory-wise,
2: if you take a blow-up doll and put a squeaky toy in its mouth, things happen.
1: That's a fetish, my friend. That's not a fantasy. <laughs> that's a fetish. And, okay next week philosophy <laughs> wasn't there a fetish and a fantasy. But um, like I have my dog. I'm sitting here and I'm petting my dog. I love my dog very much. Um, I I'm getting fulfillment out of owning this dog, having this dog, and petting this dog. But
2: uh uh according to PETA, you do not own that dog. You are cohabiting with that dog.
1: Fuck that. I own this dog and <laughs> it knows it. You know it, don't you? Jerk face, you're a jerk with a face. Therefore, you're jerk face. Look at him; he's so cute. But, but do you see what I mean? Like, I am mm-hmm. fulfilling this. I'm fulfilling this feeling that I have, that I want to have. But I also have the fantasy of flying a plane, but I don't fulfill that. I like it's in my brain, but I don't do it. But is that okay? I
2: like, feel is like it that? It depends on the. It depends on the fantasy. If it's something that you truly deeply uh yearn for and it's actually feasibly within your grasp, you might be selling yourself short by not, you know, by not trying to realize it, by not like it, are you just lazy for not doing something that is feasibly something you could do? Which I'm definitely guilty of.
1: But at like what line is drawn if I'm not in the act of doing it and I'm not receiving any sensory input to my, you know, Mm -hmm. like if, if I can fly a plane, but I'm not currently flying a plane, isn't that the same thing?
2: So, okay. So how, okay. So your example of flying a plane, if it's something that from a young age was your fondest ambition in life, it's all, it's, it's something that kept you moving. It's what you woke up in the morning for, but you just didn't do it. Then I would say that there is, that you're not being a full person, I guess, (laughs) That's so like, because <laughs> I don't, so if I don't check that box. Well, okay. But if it's something that just was a fond kind of thing for you, like, you know, ma'am, wouldn't it be nice if I could fly a plane? And that's it. And then it gives you enjoyment to imagine that. Then that's fine. If that's all you need from it is the idea that it would be fun to fly a plane. And I like just in a quiet moment sitting down and imagine myself flying a plane and that's it. Cool. Then that's, that's. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you made a choice at like 15 years of age saying, I am going to be a pilot, and then you never actually do that, if your whole life revolves around a choice, but you never actually move forward into that choice, then you've made a mistake. That's Okay, but oh, that's but my where choice.
1: where are we putting these accomplishments? That's what I'm, that's, I guess what I'm getting at is I can check boxes all day long, At the end of the day, when I'm by myself and I'm just thinking about the things I did, isn't that the same thing as just me sitting around fantasizing that I did it? Isn't that like some sort of narcissistic accomplishment (laughs) meter that I can say, well, I either actually did it or I can sit here and fantasize that I actually did it. They're the exact same thing.
2: I think it's the difference between being satisfied with the imagination, like being satisfied with... I. I'm pretty sure that I would get the same sensation of imagining it, and then calling it good, but not testing yourself that you would get the same sensation with. Okay, so think about something you have done, something you have accomplished that other people haven't. Would you be willing to trade that for the thought of doing it, for the imagination aspect of it?
1: Well, I don't. I don't think I'm there mentally. I just using this example. I've jumped out of an airplane before. Okay. Have you? I, I have. I was in an airborne unit when I was in the army. I jumped okay. out of planes several
2: times. So for somebody but, like me, I would love to parachute like, to skydive. And I have imagined it a hundred times, but so right here, right now, would you say that it would be just as good to imagine it? than to do it.
1: The only thing, the only thing that I get is some sort of egotistical satisfaction that I've done it. Otherwise me sitting here thinking about it, is the same thing as me sitting here thinking about it. Cause I'm not actively doing it right now. I'm never going to <clears> do it again. All I'm doing is feeding an ego saying, yep, I've done that before. Check that box. Okay. I, so I, I, I that... guess. Yeah. What, what I'm saying is that moment is over. Where do we store that? Like what, what's the point of having done it psychologically that this is where I'm tripping myself out because Owning a plane and all the heartaches that come with it is not as enjoyable to me as just the thought of flying. (laughs) Does that make sense?
2: So, distilled down to its essence, what you're saying is that there might fundamentally be no difference between memory...
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was gross, but...
2: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Memory and imagination. Yes. Memory, memory
1: Memory and fantasy are one in the same and furthermore the fantasy is probably a better choice most of the time
2: i don't agree so something i did in my life that a lot of people haven't done i got my scuba diving certificate mm-hmm. like license like i didn't do it often my dad me and my dad well my dad had <clears throat> had his and he kind of pushed for me me and my best friend at the time Got it at the same time. And then me and my dad, we got all the gear and we went out scuba diving a few times and it was great. And then we just, it fell off. So technically I'm a certified scuba diver, but I haven't done it since I was, what the fuck was I? 15, <laughs> something like that. So it's been a long time. Um, but I can remember what it's like. And without that sensory input that makes up memory, I don't think I could imagine what it would be like to, to a, as far an extent. Like, it was really fun. But if I said, like, I know scuba diving was fun. I do not know, but I can imagine that skydiving would be fun. But I can't remember the feel of weightlessness, the, the air rushing past my face, the freedom of movement, whatever it would be.
1: But can't you use your imagination to fill in those gaps?
2: I can use what I think would be a gap filler, but I don't know. Whereas I can remember scuba diving. I can remember what it's like to be underwater with the regulator in my mouth, with a tank on my back, and to be able to have full 360 degree of movement, to be able to see things that you can't see on the surface, you know, all that stuff. I can remember it. Even if the memory fades, I can still have a firmer memory than I can have, comparatively, an imagination of skydiving.
1: Well, I still think that it is more favorable to have a fantasy with most things versus the complications of actually experiencing other things.
2: I think it depends on the things.
1: Possibly, I think um, when you start thinking about things like being a pilot or um, being a superstar athlete or being, you know, I'm just trying to think of what what well, different.
2: Here's a question for you. Then, what? How how much do we need our imaginations, our yearnings, our wishes? How much do we need that to motivate us? Like, how much of our lives are taken up just by that drive to fulfill a wish? So, if we were just satisfied with imagining being a pilot, imagining being a scuba diver, imagining whatever, you know, the World Series, and we would just sit there and say, you know what? I'm fine with just fantasizing. How how little would we accomplish in our lives if that was just satisfactory? Like how much of what we do, like for anything, getting up in the morning, going to work, doing a job you hate, you know, making that money so you can do whatever it is you're going to do. Your fantasy might just be something as for you as normal as going to Disney World. But that could be the reason why you get up and make the money you make. You know, your fantasy could be just seeing your daughters go to college. So that's why you wake up to make the money you make to work all the hours you work. That's the motivation. And that, how much? Okay, to bring it home, not to tuck in your heartstrings, but would you be satisfied just imagining your family being successful as opposed to working to make it successful?
1: I suppose if they weren't successful, I'd be content <laughs> with imagining that they're successful.
2: Well, I okay. think if you would, if you did everything you're power to do that and they still weren't then yes i could see that but if they weren't successful because you were just satisfied with imagining it would you feel guilty
1: yeah i i think that at that point we're talking about another person relying on my actions versus okay yeah. me being you know center fair. stage at some you know rock concert or something like that i don't that, know
2: yeah that's fair enough i think i did take it far afield
1: but but what i'm saying is is like say your fantasy is something that includes really complicated things that just you're physically unable like i'm 45 years old there's no way i'm gonna pitch in a major league baseball
2: exactly like i said depends on what the fantasy is right i could fantasize about you know walking on the moon it's not it's not gonna happen right in fact i I'm such a sci-fi fantasy geek. I, I fantasize about having magic powers that like it's a, okay. I don't know. Maybe it's a confession. It's a little bit embarrassing, but every time, two every girls. time it <laughs> takes oh, a million dollars, takes a <laughs> million dollars to have a couple of chicks double up on a guy like me.
1: But <laughs> that, that's, that's, why I, that's what this, I, this whole discussion was about getting you to find, admit that your fantasy is two girls,
2: two girls at once, two girls at once. <laughs>
1: Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Go.
2: I feel like I've had a million dollars that could get, make that happen. Uh, no, like every time I read something that's fantastic, like The Expanse. I've just been reading these books we just talked about. As I'm reading it, as I'm reading the, the crisis moment where the bad guy's doing its thing and it's like so in, unjust and so wrong, I will fantasize that. What if I had all the power in the world? Like if I had magic superpowers and I was there, how would I make this guy pay for what he did? And I love having these elaborate fantasies where I insert myself into the story. I'm like, no, you're wrong. And I'm gonna show you why you're wrong, and I'm gonna make (laughs) you realize why you're wrong, and I'm gonna make you pay for your mistakes and all this stuff. And I am not making a
1: photocopy for you.
2: And I'm not, I'm gonna realize you're gonna realize why you've crossed the wrong motherfucker (laughs) with your demands of photocopying and making me go out of my way and all that bullshit.
1: All right. I we've probably hammered that topic, but that's that was my philosophy. Uh that was my entry into the philosophy thing. I don't even know what it's called, but whatever. What's your what's your uh
2: <laughs> much, much more frivolous. So you've have you heard of botnik? If you haven't, you have. Botnik. <laughs> I what's don't botnik? know. Remember how So, between you and me, remember how we were talking about all those... You get the AI bot to write scripts for different things? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Olive Garden commercials or whatnot. So, there's this thing called Botnik. It's a website where they just use the AI to write... They they take... Okay, so the, the thing is they take an AI. They run so many hours of whatever genre of scripts of words through it. And it spits out like another... Script based on just random Algorithms of what it has And it's fucking hilarious Mm -hmm. Like they have stuff like A Friends episode through Botnik A Arrested Development episode A Seinfeld episode They have all these things and I could go through I found so many of them the the Arrested Development episode Is pure gold but I found one where it's uh, Dear Abby you know the advice column Where somebody like real people Will actually write in a, a Dear Abby what should I do in this and the botnick will spit out advice. And I thought, okay, philosophically speaking, how close is this AI's advice to what we would think of as good advice? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I thought I'd read a couple of them. Okay. Question. I've been deriving sexual pleasure from watching birds outside. Am I deviant? <laughs> yes. The advice from botnick. Your pleasure is your own business, and you shouldn't be ashamed of the things that get your trout a boil. <laughs> However. <laughs> You should be aware that birds are getting <laughs> ten times as much sexual pleasure out of being exposed to you than you do from <laughs> watching them. And then the other piece of advice is we also uh, we don't choose our kinks. You're way too... You're the way you are and it's eternity. Yeah, it is. My my colleague and I have the same advice. You should be considerate enough t- to the snooping windsocks to be discreet <laughs> and your fantasies are going to be fine. <laughs> What gets your trout to boil? <laughs> okay. Next question: How can I overcome my fear of commitment? Should I just get married like everyone else? The advice: Get married right now. You are already extremely late. <laughs> Find the judge and marry your boyfriend, girlfriend, dog, pillow, mayor, Whoa. whatever. If you wait around, you will be found by Trevor the lo- Trevor the Jump Lord, and no <laughs> one can help you. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, Trevor the Jump Lord. Oh no. The second piece of advice is I'll fear Trevor the Jump Lord. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You better. Uh, that's and then good. The final, the final piece of advice in that category is if she liked it, she would have made you put a ring on it. If you have to ask, you aren't ready and pr- are probably in the friend zone of doom. Where fertility goes to die. (laughs) I would know because I was forced to wait and had my first child at 72. (laughs) That's good. Remember also that commenting is not the same thing as marriage. You can commit to a picture frame and still not find a wife. Oh, well, that's good advice. (laughs) Uh, Question. I I want to have short hair, but both my mother and sister have short haircuts and I don't want to look like them. What can I do? Answer. (laughs) <laughs> simply exchange your face with that of a licensed nutritionist. <laughs> it's the same solution as when the bear children are pursuing you. <laughs> and now, you don't look like your family. You look like that dead nutritionist. <laughs> oh, God. That's awesome. Okay. Second piece of advice, your mother and sister don't deserve to enjoy the hair that you know you're about to have. <laughs> I would urge that you remove their hair by, <laughs> by, by threatening to hide your dad if they don't do what you want. <laughs> then hide your daddy, no matter what they do. <laughs> I
1: love botnik.
2: Oh, God. it's so, This is why AI advice is so much purer than human yes. advice. It is okay. Oh uh how many more? Let's see one more here. Okay. My f- my friend has been with a guy for four plus years, four plus years now, and cares about him, but they've been drifting apart. Now she has a huge crush on another girl. Ugh, oh hell yeah. We know another girl we know and wants to pursue it, but is worried about being selfish. What should she do? Lesbian action. I like it. <clears throat> Advice. Your friend should memorize one of my relationship mantras, which is I'm fucked up and I am not responsible <laughs> for my own. Paralysis. That's that's the mantra I live by. <laughs> what happens in the bedroom is God's fault only. Whoa. Blame. She God. should repeat this until it sinks in. Your friend will never be happy again, but that's the price we play. That's the price we play. <laughs> that's the price we pay for our clits and dicks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and then the last bit of piece of advice, your Fred needs to leave the state for at least 30 months. <laughs> she should go someplace cold and tell everyone that she needs time to find Kid Rock. You, have, have to <laughs> you will have to declare you will have to declare her dead until she returns. <laughs> Please don't think about the discrepancy of the question and my response. I just got back from the horse's education course, (laughs) and I I feel really depressed. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Okay, one more. One more, one more, one more. How do I know when I'm satisfied? Oh, man. Okay. Answer. You are a grown person who should be able to afford a robber to satisfy you. (laughs) I'm not (laughs) My Robert is named Sue, and she knows
0: she knows what I like.
2: Yeah, she does. <laughs> and then finally, the last piece: respectfully ignore my esteemed colleague of being wrong. Real satisfaction is not going to answer your letter unless you can make a sex toy out of an old <laughs> An old woman's collection of sleepy dolls. <laughs> Oh, man, there's a lot. There's so many. There's a lot more. It's so great. Well. Oh. Oh God, I love it so much. I was worth. I was reading some of these at work yesterday, and I was not, like, people, are, my coworkers were coming out of their spaces to look at me, going, "Are you okay? What the fuck?" Because yeah. I was choking. I was laughing so hard. Well, that's good.
1: You're not responsible for your clits and dicks, though. So. No.
2: That <laughs> nobody is.
1: No. All right got uh, okay, trivia. I have a I have a trivia question.
2: I do too. I have <laughs> one trivia question.
1: Okay. Uh, find it. Let me let me throw you mine. All right. Do you know what the Georgia guidestones are?
2: It's what you throw at people in Georgia to t- make them tell you where to go. No. Hey, you. How the fuck do I get out of here?
1: <laughs> Ask Botnik.
2: Clits <laughs> and dicks, man. That's all. Clits and dicks.
1: We're not responsible for it. Not at all. So that's a no?
2: Uh, No, I got to think of an answer. The Georgia Guidestones. Georgia
1: Guidestones.
2: Big rocks in Georgia that have Confederate scenes etched into them.
1: Ooh, not bad. Am I right? Am I right? The Georgia Guidestones are a granite monument erected in 1980 in Albert County, Georgia, in the United States. A set of 10 guidelines is inscribed on the structure in eight modern languages and a shorter message is inscribed at the top of the structure in four ancient language scripts.
2: Oh, shit. <clears throat> the South uh, shall come again. That's one of them.
1: It's instructions. If there's a cataclysmic event and oh. in our in our society is destroyed, it includes instructions on how to make society uh, or create a society. And, um,
2: it actually sounds familiar. I think I have heard of that before.
1: Yeah, and they... Um, they serve as like a compass there's astronomic features uh where you can use the stars they're they're aligned in such a way that do all kinds of crazy things with weights and measurements um it's actually pretty freaking amazing what they do but i don't i'm not certain as they are the authority on how we should you know <laughs> return society back to normal especially <clears throat> sorry georgia being in the south mhm um
2: Step one. Just so, take everybody that looks like you and put them in one group and don't let anything mix with anything else.
1: This is who sponsored the Georgia Guidestones. You ready? Uh oh. A small group of Americans who seek <laughs> the age of reason.
2: Of course.
1: <laughs> but uh there's a time capsule, there's um uh, there's just all kinds of information on them, but they're called the Georgia Guidestones. Google it. It's cool.
2: Jeez, between these guidestones and like the seed vault, I think. I think the apocalypse could be like a cakewalk. Yeah. Ugh. It's going to be nothing. It's going to be like five years of like, oh, that was weird. And then we're all set. We're all we're going to be good.
1: Yep, yep, yep. It's not like I sit here and fantasize about the apocalypse or anything.
2: <laughs> well, the doing and the fantasizing, we'll, we'll find out one way or the other, which one's better.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, Botnik will be the only one left to figure it out.
2: <laughs> the Georgia guy. So number one, Clips and Dicks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was the jumping Trent? Uh, Whatever. Oh,
2: what was it? Jump truck. Oh, fuck. Trevor the jump lord. (laughs) Trevor the jump lord will be.
1: He will reign supreme.
2: Trevor the jump lord of Klits and Dicks. I think that's what Uh, the ruler of the wasteland will be. Be good. Okay. I want Mad Max 5. That's a. Yeah. That'll be it. Trevor the jump lord of Klits and Dicks. (laughs) Part two. (laughs) We're not responsible.
1: All right, what's your trivia question?
2: All right, it's, it's another phobia. See if you can guess the phobia. Okay. Ceno It's fear of, you know, I'll even help you out. It's fear of something being empty. What? Ceno silicophobia, C E N O.
1: Fear of the ocean being
2: empty. Wow, that is, that'd be a hardcore fear. Like, how would that happen? I don't know. Somebody's <clears throat> really thirsty. A lot of people are really thirsty. Silica. Uh,
1: I'd say fear of uh, breast implants being empty. Oh, a glass? Yeah, fear of yeah. a glass being a silica. Fear of, I get.
2: Uh, fear of a specific kind of glass. A beer glass. Yes. Wow. It is the fear that a beer glass is empty.
1: Well, somewhere there's an empty
2: beer glass. I guess right? maybe this isn't specific, but probably a beer glass in your vicinity.
1: Oh, I would assume maybe a beer glass that belonging to you.
2: I've been, I've been there. I've had that.
1: Mm-hmm. Ditto.
2: Not right now. you know phobia. It's an interesting I phobia. I do not want my beer glass to be empty. I <clears throat> my fantasy involves non-empty beer glasses. There you go.
1: Or like in Doctor Strange when he keeps refilling Thor's beer mug.
2: Ooh, that was not in Doctor Strange, but I, I get you.
1: Yeah. Okay, that was in Thor Ragnarok. Yes. But, wait, wasn't it at the oh shit. end it credits? It was the end credits of Doctor Strange.
2: Yeah, you might be right.
1: And then it Damn. was also also in Thor Ragnarok. It was in both.
2: I sounded like a clit and a dick for no reason. Damn it.
1: <laughs> Alright.
2: I'm not responsible, though.
1: Uh, I'm gonna be going to bed here in just a few minutes.
2: Me too.
1: And I can't wait.
2: By I, who do you mean? Me. <laughs>
1: who are you oh i am uh <laughs> trevor the elvish taint jump lord ah. you were gonna use that weren't you
2: nope i had one i have one ready I oh have one ready. who are you so by special request i am bob Sakamano scully <laughs> ah yeah
1: i know where that came from
2: yes you do
1: <laughs> saying get well, me in your money get me in your money milk all right i'll see you later bud okay Oak Nuggets. Bye-bye.